All right, friends, good evening. Welcome to our second Ash Wednesday service of the day, uh, one of my favorite days of the Christian year. It's good to be together in God's house. Uh, later, uh, we'll invite you to come forward. If you're new to Ash Wednesday, uh, you'll come forward. Uh, Uyan and I will just take a little bit of ash, make a sign of a cross on your forehead. You return to your seat. Uh, at the end of the service, we'll uh, exit in silence, uh, spitting with the uh, prayerful mood of the night. So thank you so much for being with us for this service. Let us turn our attention to the bulletin for our opening prayer as we pray together as a family of God. Let us pray. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen. 
Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. Gospel reading is Matthew chapter 6, beginning with the first verse. Beware of practicing your piety before men in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give alms, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by men. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's text from Matthew 6 highlights the danger and consequences of inauthentic piety. So uh, Matthew calls upon us to pray, to fast, and to grow in our journey toward authenticity. I find it pretty refreshing and wonderful that 2,000 plus years ago, Matthew had the wherewithal to question our propensity toward fakeness and insincerity, calling us toward integrity. I wonder what Matthew might say within our current climate of various catchphrases, often named and even at times prescribed things like perception is reality, image is everything, where presentation matters more than substance. We live in a world where our public reputation counts more than our quiet walk of obedience. With such prevailing ethos, rather than journeying as faithful disciples in the world, yet not of the world, we are often tempted to play a role in a world that is our stage. One of my friends uh, is a recruiter for his firm. As a byproduct of this, he does a lot of different uh, scouting and interviewing of potential candidates for his company. He says something interesting recently. He said, and this is of uh, no particular gender, age, or ethnicity. It's, It's everyone. It is a time in which we find ourselves. He said, it's amazing. The candidates that I recruit now Uh, These are the best interviews that I've seen and heard, meaning the candidates interview better than ever before. But too many of them make for lousy professionals. 
he finds that so many of the candidates, they excel at self-promotion, but they lack substance and service. And this kind of pretending can lead all of us to a kind of trappings in the world in our lives. We've mentioned Kate Boulder several times in these last few weeks since she spent time with Dr. Howe and in our community. She writes these words. The great triumph of the best life now paradigm was that it nearly summarized the promises of the entire American wellness industry. Everything is possible if you will only believe. Modernity is a fever dream promising infinite choices and unlimited progress. So it seems that very few of us seem to realize that life, very life, your life and mine, life hangs by a thread. And not to be a downer, today is also Valentine's Day, not that that matters, but of all the days in the year, on a day like Ash Wednesday, we can speak and proclaim truth about things like death, that death is real, and for some, perhaps many, death is very near. I've visited hospitals and nursing homes all throughout my life, whether it be following my father or through various youth ministry, children ministry, young adult ministry. It wasn't until the summer of 2003 when I visited a hospital as a pastor, as a student pastor. It was at Fourth Scythe Hospital which I believe is right outside of Greensboro, if I remember correctly. I visited a woman in her mid to late 70s in ICU. She had lost her husband of 50 plus years about a month before. A couple of weeks after that, had a heart attack and subsequently also had a stroke. I visited her not knowing what to say or what to do, but I was sent, so I went. I don't know what I said. Try to be a, a, of encouragement of sorts toward the end of our time together as I was ready to pray for this woman. And she said, I have nothing to live for. Can you please pray for my death? I don't think I prayed that prayer. I didn't know how. I was not ready then. I'm not sure I'm ready now. Again, Kate Bowler offers this prayer. God, let me see things clearly. My life is made of paper walls, and so is everyone else. And we all know this. I think none of us have any illusions about these things. Every one of us know that none of us will live forever. Cognitively, we can all know these things so clearly. But I think the problem may be that myself and perhaps many of you, we live our lives here and now as if to think that we're going to live forever. Right? We make choices. We walk a particular path of journey as if to think that there is no finality. Our postmodern world will have us spend billions, if not trillions, of dollars to convince us that sin may not be real after all, and death just may be an optional thing. Henry Now in Wounded Healer writes these words that ministry to one another is a very 
confrontational service. It does not allow people to live with illusions of immortality and wholeness. It keeps reminding others that they are mortal and broken, but also that with the recognition of this condition, liberation starts. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent. It calls us toward reflection and repentance. We are called for a deeper awareness of sin and death. We are reminded of our need of grace-filled return to the Lord our God. The imposition of ashes will remind us of these things, a gentle whisper that says, it is not about you. It is the creator who is always to be glorified and not we who are created. The words repent and believe in the gospel is a strong rebuke toward our tendency toward guarding our own image rather than growing in the image of God. Repent and believe in the gospel. Ash Wednesday reminds us to call out the lies for what they are in this world. It leads us toward a path of reconciliation with God, toward the possibility of new life found in Jesus. These truths about sin and death need not paralyze us, not at all, but instead these truths can lead us toward a place where the truest yearnings of our hearts can be discovered and healed. And in this place, we can say amen to all that is the world. We can say amen to all that is our lives, trusting that the love of Jesus is the deepest stream of reality that gives glimpse of eternity. We are dust, and to dust we shall return, repent, and believe in the gospel. Oh God, we repent, for instead of fearing you, we have grown fear of one another. Oh God, we repent, instead of growing in love with you, we have come to love ourselves all the more. Oh God, we repent, for instead of hungering for your righteousness, we have grown in promoting our own righteousness. Thomas Merton spoke of the joy of ash, he spoke of the great relief from acknowledging that we are indeed dust, that such wisdom did not lead to fear, but a sense of peace. So let me end with his prayer. The source of all sorrow is the illusion that of ourselves we are anything but dust. God is all our joy, and in God, our dust can become splendor. Thanks be to God. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the early Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection, and it became the custom of the church that before the Easter celebration there should be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. 
During the season, converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when persons who had committed sins and had separated themselves from the community of faith were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church, to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word, to make a right beginning of our repentance and as a mark of our mortal nature, let us bow before our Creator and our Redeemer. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence, so that we may remember that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
Following the benediction, we as a congregation will sing Jesus Remember Me, and afterwards we will depart in silence. So receive this benediction. May you remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Repent and believe in the gospel. And always remember that in God, your dust can and will become splendor. Amen. Thank you.